check the boxes and our marriage is gonna be amazing. Here's a hard fact. When marriages move beyond the surface, we're exposed to things in our spouse that are not so attractive. Not only are boxes not being checked, but let's be really vulnerable here. No one will ever meet all the expectations of the other one. We're gonna go on a journey today as we describe what it looks like to move from performance to faith. But when I think about a performance-based marriage, I think about a story that one pastor told about (laughs) a woman that was at her wit's end with her husband not putting his things away. He wouldn't put his shoes away. He just walked in, left him wherever. And so one day she decides to just let him have it. And so she looks at her husband and she says, are those your underwear? And he says, well, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what happens if you want to change your spouse, but you're thinking they may never change? Am I willing to love them anyway? So let's talk about loving by faith and moving from a performance-based marriage to a faith-based marriage. What started as a question, God, you created marriage, can you make it work? Soon became a statement, God, you created marriage, you can make it work. Thank you for joining us on the Christian Family Life Podcast, where we get into the good, the bad, and the ugly in our marriage relationships and mind God's word to see what it has to say about it. We want to welcome you to the Christian Family Life Podcast, where we are recording live from Trinity of Fairview Church in Fletcher, North Carolina. Yes. We're at their date night live event. We're in Fletcher. I thought we were in Asheville. We're close. Close, close. We're somewhere in between. did the bait and switch on me. (laughs) (laughs) We're at their date night live event for married couples, and we can't think honestly of anywhere that we'd rather be than right here tonight with the couples that we've met with for about the last hour and a half. And that's the truth. So much fun. I I don't know, but hey, we had the table, though, with the couples we had. I don't know, man. We had a cool table over here. We learned a lot about it. Yeah. (laughs) And the food was just amazing. We want to give a shout out to... More modish. modish. More modish. So if you are Excellent. in the Fletcher, Asheville area, reach out to them. And if you're from more modish and listening, go to ChristianFamilyLife.com. Click right. on our donate page. <laughs> yes, oh, there please. you go. For the ad we just gave them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so as Roland mentioned in the intro, we're going to be talking tonight about faith love. And I think, Roland, what you said is so true. It's easy to determine and define what a performance-based marriage is. Mm-hmm. If you do the things then the temperature and climate of the house is nice and it's appropriate and it's comfortable. But if somebody's not doing the things, then the temperature rises, Mm -hmm. right? And that's easy. But it's more difficult to define what a faith-based marriage looks like. I think oftentimes we go to the, well, they pray and read scripture. Okay, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. we need something that's a little more... Not that we need more than scripture, because really scripture is all that we need, but we need to learn how to read it, we need to learn how to apply it, how to understand it, and to implement it into our marriages, Mm -hmm. because that's what God intends. I think sometimes, you know, we, we, we save scripture for church. We save scripture for church and for what we consider teachable moments in parenting, or when, you know, we get our backs against the wall. But God has so much to say Mm. about our marriage on the daily 
We don't have to be in crisis. We can be, but we don't have to be in crisis. Mm -hmm. So we're going to look at the topic of faith love tonight. And what we're like Gio said, we're going to break it down. And so we're going to start off with the letter F. And Tammy's going to share with us the importance of the word forgiveness. Okay. So um, there's a a book I reference often on the podcast, and it's uh, called uh, What's It Like to Be Married to Me? And it's written by Linda Dillow, who is actually a personal friend of the uh, the founders of this ministry. And um, I just heard, anyway, I, I, I kept hearing about this book. And it has so many, you know, like we're talking about, you know, real life stories of mm-hmm. women that have been pulled from all of, all over the world. Um, and by the way, I don't know why you need the book. I could have answered that question. Yeah. <laughs> I would marry you today all over again. No. The question is, Aww. it's still wonderful being married to you Thank after you. 29 years. The question is, if you wrote the book, Roland, because <laughs> I... I being your best I friend and knowing you from kindergarten, I can answer some of those questions. But you never married him. No. 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 So <laughs> that, that's why different. Tammy's doing forgiveness. I, I desperate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she has to put it into practice. Um, but one of the chapters, and the the book is called "What's It Like to Be Married to Me?" and other dangerous questions. But um, one chapter, it's called "Why Do I Want to Stay Mad at You?" and um, Linda Dilla had po- had pulled different women, and one of the um, one of the responses I thought was so just on point with um, how some of us as women or men uh, may feel, but staying mad is easier than forgiving. Anger justifies and comforts me after an offense. Mm. If I remain angry, then I have no room in my, in my mind to see fault in myself. Mm. If I remain angry, my heart can be so full of blame. There's no room for conviction. And, um, what is it about harboring resentment? You know, we just kind of like to lick our wounds. We want to, mm-hmm. we want to um, make ourselves, lift ourselves up in a, in a sense, make ourselves better than the other person. And God's word says the complete opposite. And I'm j- just going to say there are things I'm going to share and there's things that we're going to share throughout the weekend, really, that the world is going to say is toxic. Mm-hmm. And I just really, I just really think that that when we, when we really read scripture and really, like Susie was saying, really put it into practice in our lives, really live it, it looks different. It, I mean, as believers, and so when we talk about forgiveness, um, one of the one of the quotes are uh, in the book says the Puritans called marriage the little church within the church Mm. in marriage every day you love and every day you forgive it is an ongoing sacrament love and forgiveness and isn't that what it's like with our relationship with christ it's Mm -hmm. it's an ongoing god forgives us he continues to forgive us he doesn't stop loving us no matter what and so when we think about marriage it's it shouldn't be separate from that and so um i want to read a couple uh things uh, just what what forgiveness does. One of the points here is forgiveness kicks Satan out. And so when you when you forgive, when you choose to forgive, and and a reminder that forgiveness is a choice and it's an act of the will, and you're you're never going to feel like forgiving. You know, one day you're not going to say, you know, I think I'm, you know, I feel like forgiving him now, unless the Holy Spirit puts that on your heart, but. You're never going to feel like it. Um, Neil T. Anderson says, if you forgive someone, 
just in obedience, forgive them because you know you've received forgiveness. And I don't know if you're familiar with the servant that went to the king. The Bible talks about the servant going to the king and asking, um, begging for him to forgive his debt. And he forgave him, I don't know how much what the equivalent was to like thousands of dollars. And he was, he was so, he was so happy. And he left the presence of the king and went straight to the guy that owed him maybe the equivalent of a hundred dollars and, <laughs> and, and refused to forgive him hmm. of that debt. And that's exactly what it's like when we choose not to forgive because we have, we have freely been forgiven, um, because of what of Jesus's death and burial and resurrection. Um, we can, we, we've received forgiveness. He paid that debt. And that was really part of our journey, too. We were looking at this idea. We'd been married almost 13 years mm-hmm. when we were first mentored by, by Don and Sally and began to consider this idea of moving from performance to faith in our mm-hmm. marriage. And part of the journey was, well, what does faith look like? I mean, we love the Lord. We're in his word. But we can feel really stuck sometimes. Uh, we can mm-hmm. be really passionate about our particular stance on something and real and thinking, well, in fact, we would describe our marriage up until then as just running parallel paths. Mm-hmm. You know, Tammy would just go one way, I'd go the other. We'd intersect from time to time. We weren't going anywhere. We loved each other. We had mm-hmm. a lot of great times, uh, mm-hmm. but, but we certainly would find ourselves uh, really uh, attempting to come together and it was more of a collision. It was like, you know, it's just a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. to run parallel paths. And so that's really where the, the acronym came from is, well, we know that first of all, if we're going to have a faith-based marriage, we're going to forgive. Because if we've received God's forgiveness, if, if we're aware of how desperately, and unde- how desperately we need it uh, and how undeserving we are mm-hmm. of God's forgiveness, then how can we deny that to anybody else? So, you know, Tammy, right in line with what you're saying is when we receive it, we have the capacity to then forgive that way. Like, I hear that, and I know that, <laughs> but in the middle of the argument, mm. like, it just, I just, it's not there. Gio needs to work on it. He I needs know. to work on it. <laughs> he really needs to step up his game in that area. Like, you know, you know, they talk about salvation, you know, the difference between salvation oftentimes being, what is it, 16 mm-hmm. inches, 12, eight, 18. 18. Um, like, I hear that, and I hear the scriptures, and I know the scriptures, I I was saved when I was four. Mm-hmm. I know the importance of it. I realize how much I've been forgiven. But when we are mm-hmm. in the thick of it, it's hard. Mm-hmm. I just want to, I mean, I don't know if anybody else feels like that, but like, mm-hmm. it's hard to just <laughs> say, mm-hmm. like, like we are nothing if not transparent. I just yeah. say, we are nothing if not transparent. And the, the Satan attacks us attacks us when we have things like this mm. on our calendar <laughs> and i'm <laughs> i'm not lying if i say, say in, it. it happened today in, in the middle of what's that town black mountain, black mountain. in the middle of black mountain billy graham territory i <laughs> i'm and when i say this i'm not exaggerating i wanted to punch you <laughs> i wanted i would and you same you would never do it but hey I, we're I, I all together punch. coming I, to a marriage conference we're having a great time in the car we're we're singing songs and it's all great and then we sit and timmy and i like all the foods on the table and timmy and i are looking at and what happened are the kids okay what what's going on the kids were fine. It was an interchange that it was tiny. It was tiny. I think I know what Gio did too. Was, and I, I felt the same way, Susie. He deserved so, it. So, 
It was. Uh, this huh. is what it would appear to be. It appeared to be that it was about crossing the street. That's how trivial okay, it leave, was. We can leave those. No, I so I said it would appear to be, but it goes it goes much deeper. I'm just saying, <laughs> like it's hard, but it's necessary. She always mm-hmm. often says, "Why do you get so angry?" And I said, "I'm not angry. I'm just passionate." As a Cuban, you have a short, you know, it's passion. But she takes it as being angry. Nope. And so it's been 30 years of marriage, and we haven't figured that piece out. We have not. So we need help. We have not figured that because because we have to, we got to move on to the next point. That's right. But but I will say this. I will say that if this was what 15 years ago. Sure. We probably wouldn't sit here right now. We, we would still be fighting in Black Mountain um, because that's how it used to be. But by the grace of God, mm-hmm. we have tools to becoming one has been one of those. And this piece of forgiveness has been a big part of that, yep. of coming to a place of forgiveness a lot quicker than we used to. Mm-hmm. And so I really did think she was going to punch me today. <laughs> and she's never, I mean, and it was one of those moments I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be it. Right here in front of this little Cuban restaurant. It's called Cousins. By the way, it's a great place over there in Black Mountain. And I was like, my food's on the table. I wanted to go eat because, you know, it was getting cold. And I was like, all right, we got to walk through this. And we did. And we did. And we did. So it got us to the, to the second point of, <laughs> which we still need to work on. And I, I don't think that we'll ever not need to work on it. And it's the A and it's acceptance. And, and it's accepting each other for who we are, just as we are, um, without expectation of change. Mm-hmm. Not in say there can't be like on the side, hope for change and maybe prayer for change, but our, our material talks about how true change in a marriage takes place and it has nothing to do with uh, nagging and you know that, that type of thing. But the freedom that we feel when we know that we are truly accepted as we are without any expectation of change mm-hmm. is it's invigorating it's revitalizing and it motivates you well let me let me ask you guys at the table mm-hmm. how do you feel when you know that you are and this is apart from our relationship with the lord because we know that how do you feel in your marriage when you know that you're accepted by your spouse you feel freedom mm-hmm. freedom Freedom. I heard it. I heard somebody clapping. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you feel encouraged. You feel, you know, one of the things I do often say, because Susie does accept me, we, we come from differing backgrounds. Roland, Tammy, not really, because you both, both come from Cuban homes. Mm-hmm. But Susie's from Indiana. I'm from Miami. And the Lord brought us together. And we dated for three years. And then, it, you know, we got married and it, it got hard. Yeah, real quick. And what we didn't realize was the the differences that we brought to the table. And so early on, we just had a hard time accepting those differences, where now we do accept them and we say, you know what, there's more than one way to do stuff. There's actually a beauty in the different ways of being able to accomplish things. And we try to do our best, and we're not perfect at it, but of accepting each other exactly how we are. Um, Don and Sally, who are the authors of the uh, of our to become one, to becoming one material, um, months before he passed away, we were able to videotape them, and Roland and Tammy interviewed them. And um, he he um, Sally said um, Don loved me well, and they are polar opposites. If you re- when you read their book, you'll find out about it. But they're polar opposite, and he loved me well. Mm-hmm. And the idea behind it was, he said, you know, when I came to the realization 
that Sally was exactly who God had for me, that Mm -hmm. I needed to accept her exactly how she was and not try to change her is when God started to release both of us. Mm -hmm. And we started to thrive in our marriage because of that acceptance piece and just trusting by faith that this is who God brought into my life. Mm -hmm. And God uses our spouse to help conform us into the image of God. And so as hard as that is at times, that's exactly what God cho- chose to use in our in our marriage. And in performance mode, <clears throat> we accept based on the things that our spouse does for us. And sometimes in doing, uh, depending on on your role in your marriage, you can feel like like you're the one doing it all. And both of you are running parallel paths, and you're feeling like, hey, I'm giving a hundred. I feel like you're only giving twenty percent. But the other one feels like like they're giving a hundred, and maybe you're giving twenty percent. And then in performance mode, you kind of adjust your percentage as if to communicate, you know, hey, you know, I'm going to stop doing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop interacting. And so, uh, I, I mean, let's, let's throw it out there, right? Uh, physical intimacy is important in a marriage. And so sometimes if there's no physical intimacy, then one of the spouses says, well, there won't be any emotional intimacy either. And all of a sudden, couples are giving each other the silent treatment, just kind of two ships passing in the night, living as roommates, sharing a last name, but not really experiencing oneness in their marriage. (laughs) But by faith, what you realize is, you know what, like no matter how much I do, I'm really not as lovable as I think I am. And yet my wife, Tammy, in our case, is willing to fully know me and fully love me and accept me and not want to change me. And, and so what that does is it just, it does, it frees you up to not only sense that acceptance from the other person, but then say to that person, I, I invite you into my life because I have a lot of rough edges that need to be smoothed out. So it's not this idea of, hey, you're accepted and just go on being whoever you want to be. It's this mm-hmm. idea of if you never change, I love you, I accept you, I forgive you, and we'll hear some of these other letters that faith love looks like, but in that acceptance, it, 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 it's also inviting you to allow the other person to be really your greatest influence. And I can honestly say that my, the greatest spiritual influence in my life is Tammy, because it's something that we've cultivated, and we invite each other into our lives mm-hmm. to, to say the things that we need to hear, not always what we wanna hear. Yeah, so part of the conversation, well, I would say all of the conversation in regards to faith love is wrapped around the gospel, right? Because if we continue to preach the gospel to ourselves, we're going to understand forgiveness better. We're going to understand acceptance better. And then we're going to understand the I a little bit better, which is initiate. The Bible says in Romans 5, 8, God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. There was an initiation, right? He initiated that love while we were sinners, while we were at our worst. And so we bring that into a marriage sense and we say, you know what, if, if she wants to get this right, she's going to have to come to me or vice versa, where the initiating piece is part of the gospel message. And so it allows us to initiate even when we don't desire to initiate in our relationships. Um, the have there spirit- been moments... Have there been moments where you've wanted to not initiate? Oh, man. Yeah. I mean. Today. To- <laughs> Today was my moment. <laughs> See, that's what Roland does. He always brings up the stuff that you're trying. Like, hey, we got past this. We're good. And then he just kind of like stirs the, stirs the pot. The pot and, um, and, and by the way, this has been my life for 
you know, how old are we now? 50? Something like that. <laughs> yeah, somewhere around there. And, um, and since we met at, at the age of four and five, mm-hmm. it's kind of been my life. You're stirring the pot. <laughs> but the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, verse 8, love never ends as, uh, I'm sorry, verse, that's the wrong one, verse 7. It says, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And so we pray that that's what we see when we look at it through the lens of faith is we see our spouse as God's personal perfect provision for us. We see them as God's gift. And so if Mm -hmm. it's God's gift to us, it's got to be a good gift Mm -hmm. because God doesn't give bad gifts. And so that should be where I look at it through that lens and saying, I don't feel like it right now. I don't want to do it right Mm -hmm. now, but because of my faith in who God is and that Susie is a gift to me, I I need to initiate here and I need to say, I'm sorry. I need to step up to the plate and say what needs to be said to, to correct the, um, the issue. And so that, and that's hard. That's hard because we want to be right and we want to dig our heels in and we're both stubborn individuals. Susie and I are me more than you, right, Susie? Yes. (laughs) What? You rolled your eyes. <laughs> you can't roll your eyes. Well, we don't have enough time on the podcast to to unpack. You can't, unpack, you can't roll your eyes. <laughs> to unpack how we both grew up. And, we got your back, Susie. You <laughs> Thank know, you. Thank you. And the princess that Susie was growing up and all that. <laughs> <laughs> but initiating comes from an understanding of the gospel. Initiating mm-hmm. comes from understanding that God loves us. God cares for us. God initiates love toward us. The Bible says we love him because he first loved us. And so bringing that to the table is what we call faith love. Being able to initiate, even if your spouse didn't change their position, how they feel about it, um, even if they didn't say I'm sorry in the midst of it, is to be able to initiate love to them regardless. And so that, that's a piece of what we talk about when we talk about faith love, because that's hard to identify. Performance is easy, but to identify faith love through that lens is difficult. And so initiating is a big piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's remembering where do we draw the capacity to do these things in a performance based marriage, the capacity is going to come from the things that we do for each other. And at some point our expectations, whether realistic or not, are going to go unmet because we're human. We, we live in a fallen world. Scripture teaches us that the eyes of man are never satisfied. Sometimes in, in being fed, we're still wanting more. And when we move to faith, the capacity to forgive, as Tammy was sharing, and the capacity to accept, uh, as Susie was sharing, and the capacity to initiate comes from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so when I consider my relationship, hey, how often have we had couples when they start going through to becoming one will come to us and say, hey, I thought this was about my marriage. <laughs> oh, well, what do you mean? Well, this is more about me and my relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I go, oh, you're getting it. <laughs> you know? Because our vertical relationship with the Lord will always directly impact uh, our marriage relationship. So you're wanting to know the T, right? <laughs> uh, so the T is... What's the T? <laughs> We're going to give you the T. <laughs> Susie liked that one. I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, Tam. I think when we first started these letters, the T was touch. 
but <laughs> no. we got away from touch. We, yeah, we had to move away Susie from that. And I were like, no, no, we're not <laughs> taking that out. Well, but think about it. In a performance-based marriage, when your expectations are unmet, you, you don't touch. You, like you no. go to bed, and just just the the mere presence of your spouse, you're like. <laughs> We need to go to the opposite ends of the bed here. And so I, I thought touch would work. Yeah. But what did we go to? Trust. 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 <laughs> the, girls, the girls overrode it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so when we are going to have a faith-based marriage, we cultivate trust in the relationship. Uh, there are so many practical ways that this, this plays out. And... and and especially, and we won't go into this because we could literally do, you know, four to five podcasts on the uh, effects of technology on marriages today and all the distractions that that can be. But it's just way too easy uh, to violate trust mm. and experience betrayal in some way in marriage because of things that we do that, that our spouse may not know. And we interact with couples all the time. And it, it could be as simple as, you know what, you worked late and your spouse doesn't like it when you work late. And so you tell them you're one place, but you ended up being somewhere else. And there's just all kinds of uh, ways that the story goes. But, but trust is so important. And cultivate, it's really part of the glue that's going to keep the marriage together. And it's interesting because we understand how important trust is in the marketplace. And we talk about how uh, one of the marks of a dysfunctional team is if there isn't trust on the team. Uh, in fact, uh, there's uh, these high capacity leaders in the marketplace that talk about high performance and high trust and how there's very few people that perform at a high level while also experiencing trust. But a lot of times the people that are rewarded are high performance, low trust, and it creates toxicity and dysfunction in a team. Uh, but that a lot of times the middle of the road performer with the high trust is really the person you wanna be. So all I'm saying is what's biblical is also practical many times and we'll understand it in some of these other areas, but then we ignore marriage mm. as if that's not a place where it really begins. It really begins in marriage because we're talking about forgiving, accepting, initiating, and trusting as it relates to the marriage relationship because that's where we learn to interact in all the relationships that ripple out from there. We have to love our children by faith. Uh, the, the pressure that is on children today uh, there's more anxiety and depression in children today than there's ever been. And yet you would think that there's more to make them happy and entertain them than ever before. But mm -hmm. so much of it goes back to the relationship that is either happening or not happening in the home. And some of the performance-based uh, issues that, frankly, mom and dad aren't getting along. And so one or the other, they just kind of get lost in the kids. And then rather than trust and some of these other things being the glue, the kids are literally the glue, uh, as Tammy has said. Mm -hmm. so often. And then the kids are gone, and then you have what's called graying divorce. Okay. Uh, where about 10 years ago, a statistic showed in the 60s, there were more uh, individuals over the age of 55 uh, that were uh, single or widowed. And about 10 years ago, the number of 55 and older divorced far surpassed those that were single or widowed. And that phenomenon or that statistic was called graying divorce. That as people were getting older, kids weren't around. <laughs> keeping them together, there wasn't cultivating a faith-based marriage. It was very performance-based. So that being said, trust is so important. 
Yeah, I recently um, had a conversation with a woman. She's uh, married, and she, um, a friend of hers had, had given her my number, um, and it was just her and I, and um, she had shared with me that she, um, she started off to letting, letting me know that she is very, very strong physical touch, and she loves hugs, and, and her husband was not, um, he's not inclined that way, doesn't, he's not um, physical touch, and she then went on to say how I don't feel loved, and um, that one day she there was somebody at work and she had been interacting with him and you know he he started to compliment her and he's i mean um just started to tell her how beautiful she was and and all of that and i i remember i listened to the whole i i wanted to hear everything she had to say because i didn't want to interrupt as she's sharing you know what's on her heart and um but when i did um, after she shared with me, I said, I want to know what, what you found, what, what drew you to your, to your husband. And she just went on to say all these great things. And, and I just, I just said, I think that practically speaking, I think that you need to cut things off with this guy. Mm. And it got really quiet. Mm. And I thought, you know, he had, oh, here's what happened. She, there was a text that he had sent her and somehow her husband saw that. And so all of a sudden, you know, he's not sure what's going on. All of this to say, this is going on all the time. I mean, we hear, we know the terms, there's work wives and work husbands and you're, you're going to work and it's, and it's, and it's things, you know, there could be things like that happening. But I think that, um, one of the things we need, we need to remember is, is that, the the Bible tell, talks about truth and in the inward parts, mm. and whatever you're holding mm. as a secret, it's I mean there you've got to you've got to share. And so like when you have that time when you were talking today, it was neat to see that you guys were really engaging mm-hmm. and taking that time. But you know you can't resolve things in 15 minutes sometimes. <laughs> you just but I hope that that's a start. But I think that if we we really want to build trust with our spouse, then then we need to share. And I recently heard a story about a, a woman who had never told her husband that she had been date raped. And all of a sudden she says, I got to tell him. Hmm. I told him I was a virgin and I never told him about this. They they had given me a, a um, whatever it is, this medication so that she forgets the incident. Mm-hmm. And so she doesn't re- remember the actual incident, but that, but that she felt the pain of it, the shame, um, and, and she had never shared that with him. And so mm-hmm. what happens is she shares the story, and he says, I've been addicted to pornography, and I just need to tell you this. And it was just like a moment of when we talk about naked and unashamed, um, that is a moment where where it's a, that's when when things when that trust is built. And I think there's mm-hmm. too many secrets going on. Even if you doubt if you marry the right person, because I was there, we were there, um, where we just wondered how how is this going to work? We are complete opposites. Mm-hmm. But um, but I just I just really feel like in that you know when when we talk about trust, that share it. Don't be afraid to share it. You know, it's just like Charles sharing. It was gonna. He knew it was gonna break Buffy's heart, and he shared it. And mm-hmm. He told her, and and that's when trust is built. Because chances are, your spouse might know something's up, because 
you're one together. You know, God, mm-hmm. God created that. God made that. You are one. And there is going to be, there's, there is going to be a bond there because of it. And, and they will, they will know. So let me just. And tr- trust is key because sometimes we think that it's compatibility or our great intentions that lead to being soulmates in marriage. And Tammy and I, uh, I'm sure along with Gio and Susie, uh, we can on this podcast honestly say to our audience, Mm -hmm. as well as our great couples here at Trinity of Fairview, like I'm really disappointed as Fletcher and not Asheville, but um, (laughs) Tammy and I can, I'm kidding. Tammy and I can honestly say we're soulmates. And we're soulmates not because of our compatibility and good intentions, but because we share our soul with each other. And you can cultivate that in your marriage as you begin to really get honest. And here's the thing is sometimes you're going to undress emotionally and you're going to undress spiritually. And what you hear and what you see may, may not be something that you are prepared to handle, but you ask the Lord to be able to be forgiving, to be accepting, to press into your spouse, not to push away and to know that the Lord is cultivating trust and none of that happens. And here we come to the age and we kind of land this thing. And it's the Holy Spirit. Because a performance-based marriage is what's natural. And it's only through the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit that we can begin to understand what it is to forgive, accept, initiate, and trust. It's the Holy Spirit that begins to transform our heart. And the only way that we can receive what the Holy Spirit has to offer in our lives is if we look to Jesus. It is the most important decision that we'll ever make. I have way too many people say to me, all I need to do is believe in my heart and confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, and I'll be saved, I'll experience forgiveness, I'll get to live forever in heaven. That just seems too simple for me, and yet it's really just that simple. God loved us so much that he demonstrated his love through his son Jesus, whose existence can't be denied. He split time, B.C. and A.D., And he came stating that he is the way, the truth, and the life. He came and of his own words, you can't just say he was a great teacher and not respond to what he taught. He said there's only one, and we read there's only one mediator between God and man, and that's Jesus. And the Bible teaches us, uh, in fact, Gio, it's in Corinthians that you were reading from, that when we do look to Jesus, believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth, that the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. And so as you hear some of these things, you're thinking, man, there's just no way that we can experience all those things in our marriage, and we're here mm-hmm. to tell you that, that you can, and that it's a journey, and that it's gonna be baby steps, but, but you're gonna get there, and before you know it, you'll crawl, before you know it, you'll, you'll walk, and before you know it, you're running, and you'll be able to, uh, just like many other marriages that, that have gone before us, uh, have your spouse be able to say, man, they love me well, because they loved you by faith. God's economy is different than our economy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Just when you think from a worldly perspective, you can put pieces together, they start to fall apart. Yet God has a way. His original intent is in scripture. And he has a way for this marriage thing to work. And as Susie and I often tell people that are sitting across from us, well, how's your way working? You're obviously <laughs> sitting across from us, broken and hurting, Let's give God's way a try. And God's ways works. And so we look at faith, love, and it looks weird. Um, It looks different than what the world is going to say and what you're going to hear outside of uh, these type of conversations. But we believe that God created marriage and that he can make it work. 
It's good. And so as we close out our time, I do want to reference something. Tammy, you mentioned Charles and Buffy. Mm -hmm. The audience here knows what we're talking about, but our podcast audience may not. Uh So go to our YouTube page and listen to their story on redemption. Mm. It's a powerful story. And so, and then we want to give a special thank you to our live audience here at Trinity of Fairview. Thank you guys for allowing us to share your space and your time here today to uh, talk about this awesome, awesome topic of faith and, love. And Gio, I want to say this. So often when we meet with church leaders really around the country, they ask, so can you tell me about churches that are doing it right? Yeah. And so I'm so thankful that Trinity of Fairview is one of those churches. We yeah. can say, hey, look at the model of what they're doing here and the investment that they're making in marriages. Yeah, yeah, it's very special. Thank you guys for for this time and um, thank you for joining us. Those of you, if you are on a jog right now, finishing your jog, we're jogging right <laughs> alongside of you, but sitting in our chairs. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, catch us on the next one. Visit our website, christianfamilylife.com, our blog, our podcast. Thank you for listening in. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to the Christian Family Life Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. To learn more about the ministry, visit our website, christianfamilylife.com. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter and find all of our social media links where we offer resources to help strengthen your marriage. Until next time, remember, God created marriage. He can make it work.